Own Your Truth with life strategist Laura T. Real advice for regular people. Now, here's Laura. Hello and welcome to Own Your Truth, where we're talking real advice for regular people. I'm Laura T. Thank you for listening. I know there's lots of ways you can spend your time, and I'm always grateful you're going to spend the next hour with me. So a big happy St. Patrick's Day. Since today we are celebrating all things Irish, we're going to tap into the luck of the Irish and talk about luck and the law of attraction. So listen, tonight isn't about thinking positive, you know that, so think it and it will happen. We're going to talk about the truth about being unlucky. We're going to discuss the brain and how the way you choose to filter information has a lot to do with whether you're lucky or not. And we'll also talk about the power of envisioning what you really want and its impact on your ability to create your ideal life. And listen, if you're skeptical, you're not alone. So this week, I met a really good friend in New York for lunch, and this is someone who knows me well, and we were talking about luck and vision, and even he said, Laura, I believe you, but is it really that easy? So I'm going to tell you today, yes, yes it is. And listen, you don't have to believe me. I'm going to share stories so you can see it all in action. And if you still don't believe me, that's fine. What I'll do is simply ask you, how is what you're doing now working out for you? If life is great and you couldn't possibly want more, then don't try anything I'm going to suggest. But if life isn't what you dreamt about, if there's something more that you want and it seems beyond reach, why not try on some of the things I'm going to suggest? You've got nothing to lose, and here's the best part of all of this. It costs you absolutely nothing. And I'll share, it actually can be a lot of fun. Okay, I couldn't start a talk about luck and the law of attraction without mentioning some of the significance of St. Patrick's Day and Lucky Charms. Not like the cereal Lucky Charms, although my kids did ask why didn't we have Lucky Charms for breakfast this morning. I'm talking about Lucky Charms like the Shamrock and sayings such as the luck of the Irish. I wondered, where do they come from? And in my research, I decided to share it with all of you. Okay, so the shamrock is a three-leaf clover, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. It's a traditional symbol of St. Patrick's Day that dates back to the Irish culture and ancient Druids who believed the plant held special powers to combat evil spirits. The history behind the symbol and the holiday is that St. Patrick used the shamrock to depict the Holy Trinity as a way to convert the Irish to Christianity. Today, the shamrock grants its recipients with good luck, and so I'm always out looking for that special shamrock. Of course, I'd like to find that four-leaf clover, which is supposed to be the best of luck. Um, haven't yet come across it. So if you come across one, post a picture on the Own Your Truth with RT Facebook page. I would love to see it. Now, where does the saying luck of the Irish come from? During the gold and silver rush, the most famous and successful miners were Irish. Over time, the association between the Irish and mining fortunes led to the expression, luck of the Irish. And I had no idea. So, the luck is true in gold 
and isn't directly associated with the pot of gold, but they're finding, you know, silver and gold. So it's a nice association and uh, a really cool part of history that we hear about and don't often know the truth behind. So today we celebrate all things Irish. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Now, let's move the conversation to tonight's topic, luck and the law of attraction. I mentioned at the start of the show, when I talk about luck and the law of attraction, it's important to know that I'm not talking about positive thinking. Of course, it's helpful to be optimistic, and you'll see how optimism plays a small part in being lucky. But the truth is, without a plan and action, nothing happens regardless of how positive you are. You know, I uh, read an analogy that I just thought was so perfect. If you got lost in the woods and you didn't have a map or GPS to help guide you back, you know, it really doesn't matter how positive you think you are, you're still lost. Right? So if you only focus on thinking positive, sure, you may be happy about being lost, but that's not really going to help you get back home. In order to get back home, you need a plan and you need to take action. So tonight, we're going to talk about the truth of feeling unlucky because we've all been there. Sometimes we feel like we're unlucky. We're going to talk about the brain and its power to determine luck. And we're going to finish with visualizing uh, as the first best step to creating a plan and taking action. And I'm going to give you all the reasons behind why and how this works. And we're going to start with the truth about being unlucky. Have you ever felt like it's just not going your way, that you're just not missing out on the luck train? Well, I'm going to share a little information that's going to help you guide yourself back to luck and the law of attraction. So, a study out of Northwestern University found that humans fall victim to all sorts of cognitive bias that cloud the impression of their lives for the worse. So, it really does start with how we are thinking about our own lives. The truth is, many people who consider themselves unlucky have what they call an external locus of control. Meaning, they believe external forces have more control over their life than they do. And as a result, they tend to blame and look at the negatives more often. Meanwhile, people who tend to consider themselves lucky also tend to have an internal locus of control. Meaning, they believe they can influence events and outcomes themselves. This perception of control generally reflects in their view of luck, right? So, you know, I talked about the idea of not being able to just think positive and have it happen. At the same time, how you think about your ability to impact your life does have a huge effect on whether or not you believe you're lucky or you believe you're unlucky. Okay, let's take it a step further. Richard Weissman, a professor of psychology at the University of uh, Herdenshire in England, actually did a study to help understand what distinguishes a lucky person from an unlucky one. He asked people who identified themselves to first identify themselves as lucky or unlucky. And then he asked them to read a newspaper. Here's the crazy part. On half of a page of a newspaper, He wrote in large letters, tell the experimenter you have seen this and you win 250 pounds, right? Because it's in England. Well, the people who believed they were lucky were more likely to see the ad, 
while the unlucky people actually in observation appeared more anxious, which literally derailed their powers of observation. They didn't see the ad. So again, when we look at are you lucky or unlucky, your mindset and what you're looking toward has a huge impact. So I'll share a story um, this week that happened with a client of mine. I was so excited because then I thought, oh, I have an example that just happened. Um, so I, my client wanted to run in the New York City half math marathon, which happened today. And she entered the lottery with two friends. And you have to enter way in advance. And she's just this amazing runner. Here's the part that I can't get over. Her two friends were not accept, were accepted, pardon me. So her two friends were accepted to run the race and she wasn't. She was the only one who wasn't. So it would be easy for her to get down and think, oh, you know, that's bad luck or, oh, wow, I can't believe that. This has always happens to me. Again, both of her friends were accepted into the lottery and we're going to run the race. Instead, she focused on being there. She literally saw herself running the race. And as she was describing it to me, she said, I don't really understand why I feel this way. I just felt like I was meant to run this race. And I just kept seeing myself run it. And I kind of just felt like, I don't know, I'm just going to run it anyway, even though she knew she couldn't run it without proper entrance. So a few days before the race, it was earlier this week, she got a call or an email that said that someone was backing out because they were sick and she could take their place. Obviously, she was thrilled. So her focusing on what she wanted allowed her to be open to the possibilities. So she didn't get in the way she initially thought she would, but it just didn't stop her way of thinking, like I'm just meant to be there. And so opportunities, when they became available, became available to her and she jumped on them, right? So of course, when I look at this, I think, whoa, that's great luck. But remember, that's the way I think about it. So it has an impact on how you're thinking, what you're looking for. And so this brings us to the brain and luck. And this is a lot of times people will say like, oh, it's just, you know, kind of hocus pocus, that law of attraction, it's all fluffy stuff. No, 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 no. It's really the brain and how it works. So... When we're talking about the brain, I need you to know, clearly, I'm not a neuroscientist, and I'm not going to pretend to play one here on the radio either, but what fascinates me is that I dabble in reading and researching how the brain impacts mindset, and it is beyond anything that you can imagine. So, you know, at the start of each show, when I introduce the Own Your Truth Good News, I mention you get more of what you focus on. See, I do this on purpose. It's not a silly cliche. I use this because your brain will filter on what you focus on. Let me explain. Each of us has what's called a reticular, reticular activating system, the RAS, R-A-S. It's a short pencil-sized piece of the brain, actually located just above where the spinal cord is, and it's attached to the brain. It works as like a gatekeeper for information between most of our sensory systems and the conscious mind. I describe it as like the device that keeps us from going crazy because we get so much information at us every day. And, you know, I, I go to research in two... In like 2010, 2011, I remembered researching for um, a, a speaking engagement that at that time, 
we received approximately 174 newspapers of information a day. I've looked for the updated version of that, and I, I can't seem to find it. Um, but think, now we're in 2019. We use technology so much more. We get so much more information out of us. So if we were getting the equivalent of 174 newspapers back in 2011, how, many, how much information are we getting now? It's got to be at least double that. And so without this RAS, we wouldn't, ha we wouldn't have any way to filter. And we would literally go crazy over with an overabundance of information. So what does this mean in terms of luck and what we focus on? Well, see, the challenge is most people focus on where they are instead of what they want. So they get more of what they say they don't want. An example that's often used is when you go to buy a car, have you ever picked a color that you loved and thought like, oh, nobody else has this, and then you drive off the lot and you notice the colors everywhere? It's because the filter in your brain has changed, and now you're noticing something that just wasn't important to you before. So, again, you get what you focus on, but then we're kind of lazy about our language, and we unintentionally ask for more of what we don't want. Some examples that like scream to me on a daily basis are when people tell me they want to be out of debt. Well, you've got the word debt in there. You're focusing on more of what you don't want. So what if you don't have debt? What do you want? So a small shift could be a zero balance on my credit card bills or a specific amount in a savings account. Those small shifts make a huge difference. Here's another one. I see those signs with that say, hate has no home here. Let's ask for what we want. How about signs that say, love lives here? Or when people talk about anti-bullying. Again, we're asking for what we don't want. We don't want bullying. So why don't we focus on what we do want, which is more confident, emotionally strong children? Anti-war. How about a focus on peace? Let's get rid of the language around the things we don't want and really look for and ask for what we do want. You'll see that in doing this small shift, right? It's a two millimeter shift that can make a huge difference. And you'll see how your luck will quickly turn around. Okay, so what's the next step? The next step is visualization. So when we're looking at visualization, um, people will say like, oh, when you put a bunch of pictures up or, you know, how do you visualize what you want? And I'll, I'll tell you, this year I've hosted more vision board workshops than all my years as a coach. And the part that kind of blows my mind is that I'm not a vision board expert. I just happen to use one in my own life. And then I post about kind of my successes on Facebook. As a result, people have been reaching out. So... Again, what does visualization have to do with luck? Well, I found a, a doctor and I like the way he explained it. So Dr. Maxwell Maltz is the author of an old self-help classic called Psycho-Cybernetics. He described it this way. Your automatic creative mechanism is teleological. I love that word. That is, it operates in terms of goals and end results. Once you give it a definite goal to achieve, you can de depend upon its automatic guidance system to take you to that goal much better than you ever could by conscious thought. So think about that. Basically, once you reveal the goal to your subconscious mind, 
it can get you there better than you can consciously. See, that part I love. It's just so crazy the way the mind works. So let's take it a step further. So in psychology today, they explained it this way. Unexpected actions come from the subconscious. So to be lucky in life, you sometimes have to come across the right circumstances. That makes sense, right? But to come across the right circumstances, your brain has to direct you to that place. Oftentimes, we perceive luck is the subconscious brain directing a person to the perfect situation where there may be an opportunity. So the problem is there are times when the conscious brain tries to control where we go. And, you know, we kind of think of this as helpful, but in many situations, your unconscious brain may actually see what you need to see before your conscious brain knows it. So it sounds really confusing, but it basically relying on our gut, right? And we don't do that a lot anymore. Again, we've got so much information at us. We've got people directing us, people that love us, helping to guide us. We have radio talk show hosts trying to guide us. We have people, gurus out there. Everyone's trying to guide us. And yet it's really coming back to the core and listening to your gut, believing that your subconscious has a better idea of what it takes to get you to where you want to go. That's really the key. So let's go back to this notion of vision boards. So our brain thinks in pictures and once it has a picture, it literally finds a way to make that picture a reality. That's the power of the vision board. And so when we start to put the vision of what we want in front of us, our brain just wants to find a way to get there. And so once we, get, once we do that, we have the ability to achieve what we want faster. Okay, so let's talk about some vision board stories. It's really powerful to hear when the visions come to life. So I often share a story which also serves as a warning. So people who have spent time with me who have come to my vision board sessions have heard this story. But um, a few years ago, I had entered a contest for a Rachel Ray kitchen makeover. I know, hard to believe. I entered the contest, and for whatever reason, in my gut, in my heart, I thought I was going to win this contest. And so I entered it, and um, nothing happened. But I still thought I was going to win it. So a couple of weeks went by, and I got a call. And they said, oh, tell us about your kitchen. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've, I'm going to win a Rachel Ray kitchen. Now, those words become very, very important later. So I say to myself, I'm going to win a Rachel kitchen. This is so exciting. I tell them what I don't like about my kitchen. And then I wait. And again, nothing happens. So a couple of weeks pass by, I get another call, very similar to the first call. And of course, I don't want to jinx myself because at this point, I don't understand the power of vision. And so I go through the process again and I tell them what I don't like about my kitchen. And then I wait a couple of weeks and I decide, oh my gosh, this would really mean a lot to my family. So I decide to take some action and I email the the people who contact me I said, hey, listen, you know, I got two phone calls and it would mean the world to me if to have our kitchen made over. And so I don't hear back verbally, but I get an email that says, send us a video of your kitchen. 
Now, I count the number of people in the email because at that time I have no idea why they weren't using a blind CC, but there's 18 of us. And I said, okay, I am going to win this kitchen. Now, because I'm saying in a video, I'm telling people I'm going to win the kitchen. And I set it up. My husband comes home for lunch. I'm like, we have to do this right away. I put yellow caution tape around my house. I said, my kitchen has been condemned by the Floridian police because it was white plastic with this pink, awful pink tile floor. And, um, at the end, my daughter is three years old at the time with her cute little pigtails. And she says, wait away, we need your help. And I'm like, that's it. I've, I've won it. Like it was on cue. Everything worked out. I send in my video. So I wait. We then get an email that now I'm one of eight people. We get an email that says, please sign a waiver. You're going to be on TV. The you know producer will contact you. We're going to announce the winner during sweeps week. And I, I'm like telling people, it's a bit embarrassing now that I look back on it, but I'm like, I'm going to win a Rachel Ray kitchen. I'm going to win a Rachel Ray kitchen. So um, I did not win a Rachel Ray kitchen and, um, it was really bizarre cause I thought like, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to win that. And so we did our video got on TV. My daughter got on TV and you know, it was a cool experience. Well, a year later they call me, the Rachel Ray talk show calls me and says, have you done anything with your kitchen? I'm like, no. They say, we, we're going to do your kitchen. I'm like, really? Yes, we're going to come out. We're, we're sure yours is the kitchen. It's not even a contest. We're coming out. We're going to do your kitchen. Here's the caveat. We're going to make your kitchen look like Rachel Ray's kitchen on the show. And I was like, okay. So I, I remembered it was retro. It was, it was cool and funky. Not my style, but so cool. And what a great conversation piece. And who cares when you're getting new cabinets and a new fridge. And I'm super excited. This is great. Now, mind you, the person who won the Rachel Ray, the first Rachel Ray kitchen, she got, you know, cherry cabinets and granite countertops and a beautiful kitchen. So I'm ready for a fun Rachel Ray kitchen. I'm in. The designer comes out. We're three weeks from, from taping. And she says, so did they tell you that we're doing a kitchen makeover on a thousand dollars tell us what you don't like about your kitchen <laughs> i was like for a thousand dollars it really doesn't matter what i don't like about my kitchen but to make a long story short is on a thousand dollar budget they did make my kitchen look like rachel's kitchen because it was a kitchen makeover on a budget so everyone could see that they too could have a rachel ray kitchen it was a really fun crazy experience i wouldn't change for the world i didn't keep the kitchen for very long but i will post it the show still exists i will post it on the own your truth with T facebook page so you can see the big reveal um but it, so Coming back to vision, right? I knew I was going to win a Rachel Ray kitchen, and that's what I asked for. I got exactly what I asked for. So once you start visioning, envisioning what you want, be very specific and be very careful what you ask for. Because once it starts working, you'll get exactly that. Okay, so remember, the fun video will be on the Own Your Truth with Laura T Facebook page. In the meantime, um, start to envision what you want. This works. Remember, your brain filters on what you focus on. Remember, being unlucky is just a state of mind that you can change. And so we're going to head into one of my favorite parts of the show, which is the musical artist of the week, but really want to help you look at luck and the law of attraction in a different way. It is about mindset. You do have the ability to take your mind where you want it to go. So start to 
vision what you want, think about being lucky, and um, focus on, on what's good and what's happening that's great in your life. Okay, so... Let's get to the Own Your Truth musical art of the artist of the week, Billy Ruger. Billy was born into a musical family and began his forma, formal musical training at age 12. He knew even then that he wanted to study music, and ultimately he went to college in New York City at the New School for Jazz and Contemporary Music. And there he studied and performed with some of the most acclaimed jazz musicians in the world. Billy currently resides in Fairfield, Connecticut. He performs locally as a solo act and nationally with Mystic Bowie's Talking Dreads. I am so honored to be able to share Billy Ruger's song, Chasing Rainbows. On a small dead-end street Where everything I need was laid at my feet I looked up to the sky Something beautiful had caught my eye And I couldn't resist the temptation To embark on a new exploration And the tears they fell As I bid farewell to the people I was leaving behind But now I'm back where I started Couldn't get where I wanted All my searching was in vain Looking through the eyes of a child Playing pretend Chasing rainbows Chasing rainbows It's not fair though Cause I'm just one step behind Every time And I don't wanna die but I fear my life is passing me by So I dream, dream of ways That I'll try to spend the rest of my days No more doubts in the back of my mind No one there who would treat me unkind And I did quite well to convince myself That I'd finally let the darkness behind But now I'm back where I started Couldn't get Where I wanted All my searching Was in vain Looking through the eyes of a child Playing pretend
Oh, what a great song. You know, Billy shared insight to tonight's song, Chasing Rainbows, which I thought made a perfect compliment to a show about luck, vision, and the future. The song, in his words, is about the human desire to seek reality that's based on fantasy. And although the idea of striving is healthy and often leads us to new experiences, he believes the notion we can get there by removing pain from our lives is a fantasy. Because without pain, the reality is we don't feel the hardship and we may never get to where we picture ourselves. I loved that thought because the truth about being lucky doesn't mean we don't experience hardship, difficulty, or pain. It simply means you stay resourceful and determined to find your way out of it faster. Thank you so much, Billy, for the insight and for sharing your thoughtful song. Now, let's get on to Own Your Truths Q&A. So, one of the first questions I have comes from Sue uh, in Easton. And she said, I'm going to an event for my company and I want to meet some interesting people. Should I leave it up to the law of attraction and wait for people to talk to me? Or should I make it happen by going up to people and starting the conversation? So what, this is a really great question. You know, what is the difference between the law of attraction and, you know, that idea of taking action? And the key is that they are connected, right? Remember when I started at the beginning of the hour, I said, you know, the law of attraction isn't just about thinking positive and it will happen. There is the need to take action and make things happen for yourself. With that being said, my recommendation for uh, for clients and people going into events, whether it be a social event, whether it be a networking event, whether it be a meeting, is go in thinking about the result you want from that meeting, from that opportunity. You know, sometimes I go into a meeting thinking, you know what, today I want to meet somebody who's really interesting. And it's amazing how the brain filters and you find someone who's really interesting. Other times I go in intentionally believing, today I'm gonna meet someone who's going to impact my business in a positive way, right? So I'm being specific enough for my brain to filter, but also generic enough where I'm not wedded to an outcome. It's really being open to the opportunities that are in front of me. And, you know, depending on your comfort level, if it's totally natural for you to go up to people, absolutely pick somebody out of the crowd and go up and start the conversation. If it's more natural for you to sit back, really scope out the room and be strategic on who you're going to stand next to and who, different places where you could more easily begin a conversation. You know, typically by beverages or by food is a really easy place to start a conversation with someone comfortably. It's making sure that you stay true to who you are while you make the most of the opportunity that you have. So I hope that helps Sue from Easton um, thinking about your next event and um, what, making the most out of it. Okay, the next question comes from Dave out of Stratford. He asks, actually he made a statement that says, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. How can someone who has bad luck turn their luck around? <laughs> oh, come on, Dave. This is a mindset. We've got to start to look at all the positive things. So I, I say that. I get it. I, it. 
you can get into circumstances in life um, where things seem to be stacking and piling up. And, you know, I... Um, I often share an example. It's so easy to stack the stinky stuff that happens during the day and during the week. We don't often practice stacking the good stuff. And so the example I give is, you know, you wake up in the morning and the alarm didn't go off and then you're late and then you get up out of bed and you stub your toe and then you get into the shower and there's no hot water and then you get to your car and you're low on gas and then you spill coffee on you. And like the whole morning is a total cluster. Then you get to work and it doesn't end there because a colleague inevitably says, hey, good morning. How was your morning? And then you relive the whole thing over again, right? I mean, we, do, we all do this. And so what I suggest is if you're in a situation where it seems like you're inundated with bad luck, and I have my air quotes because remember, a lot of it is a mindset to start to record all of the good things that happen. And those are the little good things that happen as well. One of the practices we have <clears throat> as a family is to say three things that we're grateful for each night at dinner. Um, really looking at the practice of gratitude and looking for the things that are really going well in your life will help you see more of the things that are really going well. And so, Dave, I hope that helps you take a different look at um, your luck. And I would love to hear your successes. Please reach out again and, and tell me how things are going. Hello, caller. Welcome to Own Your Truth with RT. Hi. Um, my name is Mitchell from Fairfield. And um, I was just wondering, my sister doesn't believe in luck, which is really sad because I'm a very strong believer in luck. And I was just wondering how I could get her to believe in luck. Oh, Mitchell, this is such an awesome question. Thanks so much for calling in. So your sister doesn't believe in luck, but you are a big believer in luck, huh? Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's something that's really important to remember is we can't make anyone believe anything simply because we believe it. So you have this beautiful intention to help your sister see the power of luck, which is great. But oftentimes, if we're telling someone they should believe something, it kind of pushes them away. So what are some of the ways that you've tried to help your sister see that um, luck really works? Well, I haven't really tried to like per persuade her in any sort of a way, but I've just had some things that have happened to me that, you know, wouldn't have happened without luck. So that's why I believe that luck exists. Oh, so, so here you go. This is awesome. And you've already started down that right path, right? You have these really great examples. And the best way to help people become self-aware, to help them self-discover the benefit of anything is by just being you and then kind of hinting around about, oh, you know, this was really lucky and, oh, look at this great luck, right? So, the power of your language and the power of you showing your sister the benefit of luck will slowly, and this is where it takes some patience on your part, right, is slowly help her see that luck is possible because you're showing her instead of telling her. How do you think yeah. that would work? I think that would definitely work. Awesome. Well, how about this, Mitchell? Why don't you try it on with her, and then you call in with an update next week. All righty-o. All right? That would be awesome. 
I'm going to get her to believe in luck. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your call. Have a great night. Thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Bye. Mike from Weston asked, um, well, again, sort of start off with a statement. I have a good life, um, but, some, I, but I think there should be more. How do I take my life and career to the next level when I don't really know what I want next? Uh, Mike, this is such a great question and is often what people face, right? They say, I don't really know what I want. And, and for people who are searching, it's often beyond the physical things, right? So it's easy to look at, oh, like I want a new car or, you know, I want a, a new piece of furniture. You know, those those are things. But when you're looking at your life and career, it's it's important to go a little bit deeper and thinking about um, what you want your life experience to be like, right? So right now you said, I have a good life. And so we don't... We, what happens is when we're comfortable, there's nothing to push us out of that comfort zone, right? We tend to do what we must, not what we should. So when you say, oh, I think there should be more, well, there just isn't a strong enough commitment or push to get more, which is okay. If you're comfortable and you're really happy where you are, then there's no need to do anything else. Don't a lot of the shoulds come from comparison, comparing ourselves to other people or come from outside pressures to be something we're not. It's so important to own who you are and decide if you must want, if you must get more. And get, it's not getting things, it's about being, right? If you must be more. And in being more, it's looking at that life experience. What is the life experience that you want? What is your ideal day look like? How do you get to that? You know, I work with people who say, oh, you know, when I retire, I'm going to buy that dream house. Or when I um, get enough money, I'm going to um, take that trip around the world. And, and here's the reality. It could all end tomorrow. So there's a million reasons why we can't. I'm going to challenge you to find all of the reasons why you can and why you can do it now. But again, right, it's just deciding what you want to focus your energy on. And that's asking yourself the questions. Again, what do I want my ideal day to look like? What do I want my ideal experience to look like? Mike, I hope that helps you get a little bit deeper. Um, again, when we are not clear on what we want, we, it's hard to make progress because there's no way to monitor and measure. So um, start to ask yourself some questions to go a little bit deeper. Okay. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this night's conversation about luck and the law of attraction. Laura T. on Own Your Truth. Hear you then. Good night. <laughs>